everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Inner Call. Today's another solo pod, so you're just going to be getting me. But I've got a very interesting topic for you today. It's all about the nervous system and its relationship to intuition. Now, good news is everybody's got a nervous system and it's either going to be working for you or against you. When the nervous system is stressed out, it's not doing us a lot of favors and it's also not allowing in intuition. And when the nervous system is in a state of flow and alignment, it can open up to intuition. We're also going to be talking today about the aspects of the highly sensitive person, just because the highly sensitive person also tends to have a more sensitive nervous system. So when we're talking intuition and when we're talking anxiety and we're talking nervous system, we really can't leave out the highly sensitive person deal. And it'll be interesting. It's going to give you a little bit of understanding perhaps around who you identify as. If you identify as a highly sensitive person, there's a lot of different types of high sensitivity. So if the idea of like being sensitive, quote unquote, doesn't really make you go, ah, that's me, just hold on because there's a lot of types of sensitivity and some of those we probably wouldn't deem as sensitive when we're using just the the term sensitive. So it's going to be a really good episode for those of you who want to expand your intuition. And today, you know, is a good day to be investing in yourself. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Where am I in the world at the moment? I am in New York City. And that, for me, brings up sensitivity problems. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Being in New York City has, for me, been a practice in taking out my toolbox of brain hacks, as I like to call them, things that help me get calm, get grounded, get centered. And I think that There is no place in the world like New York City to show you where perhaps you are not calm and grounded and where you could use a little bit more nervous system regulation. Just the amount of opportunity, but also noise pollution and lights and activity and all of it, right? People, I mean, my goodness. I have lived in Lisbon for the last couple of years Lisbon can get crowded, but (laughs) it's Lisbon and everyone is relaxed and easy and going to the beach regularly. And that is not New York City. New York City is everybody in overdrive. The city lives on action and activity. And so it is my greatest test to be here as a sensitive person, navigating through the noise and the people and staying centered and calm. That was part of my inspiration for today's talk because I am living it, people. I had to have a conversation with myself just yesterday being like, okay, are we doing enough to regulate the system. Because the thing is, once you know you are a highly sensitive person, you have a toolbox of things that you can work with and pull from. And I was realizing that the 15 to 20 minutes of meditation I was doing probably wasn't going to cut it in New York City in the way that it's been working for me in Lisbon. For me, that means back to my toolbox, pulling out what works for me and doing a little bit more of that. So the nervous system, oof, what is it in relation to intuition? Well, I will start by saying that it's my theory that all energetic information is primarily processed by the nervous system. 
So all energetic information. And we talked a little bit in my last solo pod about my definition of intuition. And that definition is the energetic information that your energetic self absorbs is transmitted through the physical body into the conscious rational mind for your most expansive, delightful, intuitive life. And when I speak about energetic information, it, it simply is that. It's just information. And we're like swimming in a soup of it. There is energetic information all around you. It's not necessarily being, I believe, like sent to you or divine in nature, although it could be sent to you and it could be divine in nature. That is not the full scope of energetic information. Energetic information is absolutely everything. You are swimming in a soup of it. It is the energetic soup of life. Every time you have a conversation with a person, there is an energetic exchange happening. Any kind of event that's happening in the world has an energetic imprint near or far to you, happening right now in present time or future-based, right? We have no idea necessarily, I think, how much information exists in the world. But what I do know is that you are a mini transmitter and a translator of that energetic information. And intuition is a complex system in which your subconscious takes in all that energetic soup and says, okay, well, what am I going to prioritize? What's important for me. But the real mechanism, I think, behind that translation and behind that transmittance is the nervous system. Because at the end of the day, there is a part of your physical body that is being activated by the energetic information to create a more tangible physical translation for it to be understood by your conscious rational mind. Okay, so let me back up there because that was a lot. (laughs) What am I talking about? Well, the energetic information is simply just energetic until it is translated by the body. All intuition has some sort of bodily source, meaning you felt it, you heard it, you saw it, you have an emotion. There is some tangible physical impression happening, translation happening by the body to match the energetic input so that the conscious mind can understand it. Some people might say, oh, I just knew it. But I've found with working with students that that's almost never the case. There was always a moment where the body had a sensation, an emotion, an experience, a vision, a thought. Something was manifested, something was created in response to that energetic input to make the conscious rational mind go, ah, I know something. And all of that translation is the experience. It can be like anything, you know, it can be a gut feeling. It can be a vision, almost like a daydream. It can just be a thought in your head. It can be an emotion. So when anyone says like, oh, I got a gut feeling about that, or, you know, I felt it in my stomach or my heart opened um, and they deem that intuition, it absolutely is intuition. Um, But that was the moment that the energetic information got translated by your body. It was like the best match the body could find to the information coming in that the subconscious had already deemed important, right? It's somehow you had decided, hey, this energetic information, this soup I'm swimming in, this information is important to me. I need to translate it. I need the conscious brain to be aware of it. And the translation experience is then one of feeling, sensing, hearing, knowing, seeing. That's 
that experience. But it's my belief that the nervous system plays a really, really, really important role with that, that the body cannot feel in that way, cannot emote in that way, cannot see in that way or hear in that way if the nervous system isn't open and available. And so one of the most important aspects of developing intuition is developing a stable and calibrated and at peace nervous system. We know that the nervous system can either get overexcited in overwhelm or it can be at peace. And the overwhelm, the excitement, you know, we call that a sympathetic nervous system response. So it's when the nervous system is in overdrive. And when I was studying this stuff in college, that state was lovingly referred to as the fight or flight response. And you've probably heard of that phrase quite a lot, you know, fight or flight or rest or digest. Fight or flight, being sympathetic, we're like off to go be chased by a lion and the whole body goes into attack and obviously we don't live in a world with lions that are chasing us anymore. So that fight or flight response is usually not super productive for our 21st century living situation. And what we generally want to be in is the rest and digest which is the parasympathetic nervous system response, which is where we are calm and receptive and just open. Now, when we live in a 21st century life in the way that we do with the craziness, you know, even if you don't live in New York City, like my God, life is life is crazy. The fact that we have Instagram and social media, it like hijacks our nervous systems all the time. We know that it affects our brain chemistry. We know that it affects our stress response. Like you are being hijacked, I promise you, all the time. And so it's never been more important that we really work on the nervous system, rest and digest, parasympathetic state, that we come into alignment and that we allow peace to exist within our system. If the nervous system is not at peace, intuition cannot exist. If you are in a state of fight or flight, you will gain very small bits of intuitive information. And the only intuitive information that tends to arise during these times is survival. So if you are in a fight or flight response, typically, if you receive any intuition at all, it will only be about survival. That's the only thing the subconscious is going to allow to rise up to the forefront. But of course, we want to be intuitive about everything that matters to us, everything that can help us live our most expanded life, because my God, let's hope that your most expanded life is not just a life of survival, right? We want to thrive. And so therefore, the nervous system has to be in a rest and digest, has to be available, has to be receptive, has to allow that information that wants to be absorbed and translated and transmitted for you up into the conscious rational mind for your most expanded life. The other kind of way to think about the nervous system is that when it gets into overdrive like that, when it gets really crunchy in there, one can think of ourselves as being a transmitter and we're transmitting all the time and we're taking in energy. And that's a little bit like putting a metal rod in a lightning storm. You're going to get fried. It's just too much energetic stuff coursing through this transmitter and you're fried. There is no intuition available when you are either over-processing or under-processing energetic information. So really calibrating the nervous system is going to be so important for allowing in what is good and helpful, but making it so that it's not too much. You know, that's the other part of this nervous system 
receptivity is that there is also the tendency then to get overwhelmed by all the energetic information on top of the tangible information on top of like everything. And then the nervous system can't really regulate it either. So wherever you are on that spectrum, somebody whose nervous system is in overwhelm and you're taking in too much and you're processing too much, or somebody's nervous system who is in overwhelm, who's taking in too little, it doesn't really matter how and what your response has been to overwhelm. What we want is you in a peaceful, calibrated, aligned space so that intuition can flow at will with ease and allow you to really know the right next step for you. That's what's most important. Some of you will have a greater need for this than others. And it's likely a large population of who's listening to this podcast, to be honest. We've got this category of people called the highly sensitive person. And if you're anything like me, that word sensitive is a little bit of a trigger word uh, because you were called sensitive a lot or as one of my closest still childhood friends used to call me, Fleur is delicate you know, which is just another way of saying sensitive. And if you are anything like me, that word tends to irk you a little bit because you're like, I'm tough. I can handle the world. What are you talking about? Sensitive I can beat you up. Um, not really though, but uh, highly sensitive person is not necessarily about that. It is the way you process your environment and your sensitivity to processing your environment. And the first time that I heard about highly sensitive person, I think I was probably 18, 19, and I actually didn't really relate to it very much. I had read the highly sensitive person profile and I was like, sure, like I have some of these, but you know, sensitivity doesn't overwhelm my life. Like I'm very capable. I'm very high achieving. Like I'm literally in 7 million clubs and doing two majors and maybe overachieving a little bit too much, to be honest. So sensitivity didn't really factor into that until later on, I realized that there's actually different arenas, if you will, uh, types of highly sensitive people. And two of those categories I do really fall into and the third, not so much. So the reason I'm bringing this up is when we talk about nervous system sensitivity, we have to talk about the people who experience this most, which are the highly sensitive people, because the people who experience this most are also most likely to have the largest intuitive capacity. It doesn't mean only highly sensitive people can learn to be intuitive, not necessarily, but the people that have high sensitivity tend to live a life in which that sensitivity like couldn't help but be made aware to them. Like they cannot live a life without knowing their sensitivity at one point. It's like smack in their face. Like you, they have to know because their whole life has been affected by it to some extent. But it's also this group of people that will have the intuition in their experience, whether they were able to bring that forward at will or not, like the experience of the intuition will be something in their life they had to pay attention to. Something will have happened at some point where they're like, that is effing weird. You know, like, how did I know that? That's illogical. Like, that doesn't make sense. And yet I knew it or I experienced it, something. And it's usually the highly sensitive person whose intuition, whether trained or untrained, will make itself known to them at some point in their life to the point where they have to pay attention. Unfortunately, 
it is also that group of people who will experience the most anxiety, who will experience the most overwhelm, often ADD as well. Like anything that exists within nervous system overwhelm, they will experience. So on the silver lining side of it, you got high intuition, you got high out tuition. On the underbelly of it, you've got high anxiety, you've got high out tuition when it's unwanted, right? Like empathic overload, feeling everybody else's stuff, like all of that shit. You got all of that too. But it's usually this person who will feel the need to understand their intuition because they also know how powerful it is. And it's also this person who will then have to do the most nervous system regulation in order to actually access the greatest gift of their intuition, not being overshadowed by the anxiety, by the tension, by the overwhelm. So the three categories of highly sensitive people are, drumroll please, aesthetic sensitivity, low threshold sensitivity, or high excitability. Now, those words probably aren't going to give you that much of a clue as to what they're talking about, so I'm just going to talk about each one a little bit. Aesthetic sensitivity is definitely one that I have. It's actually hard for me to imagine a world in which I wouldn't have it, I suppose, so that's the silver lining of it. And aesthetic sensitivity is being moved profoundly and deeply by the arts, by music, by your environment. That could include nature, like to emote because it's so beautiful to like feel it deep within your soul that the way that you process color and experience and sound it just penetrates all the way into the depth of your being and I definitely experience this it's hard for me to imagine what that would be like to not experience it so that is definitely part of the highly sensitive profile that that I have and it extends into like any kind of input that creates a sensation within you that goes beyond just the appreciation of the input. Like it it creates a secondary sensitivity experience. That's aesthetic sensitivity. The other one I also have, and I'm not so excited about, and it's called low threshold sensitivity. And this is being particularly aware, sensitive to, reactive to lights, sounds, colors, fabric coarseness, like anything that's a bit jarring will jar you more. Bright lights, loud sounds, coarse fabric. I have this thing that (laughs) only somebody in my family has as well, but no one else has ever had this before. Popsicle sticks. If I'm almost going to throw up just thinking about it right now. I cannot, I cannot touch a popsicle stick with my fingers or with my tongue. I cannot. So when I was a kid, I used to only eat the ice cream to the point where I wouldn't have to touch it and then actually throw it away. Like that is, I was willing to forego ice cream to not touch the coarseness of the popsicle stick. And I wouldn't touch the popsicle stick. I would like put like a napkin in my fingers. I am just highly sensitive (laughs) to texture, whether it is fabric or like a sensory anything. I also cannot stand lotion and I can't stand the smell of lotion either or, or like intense perfumes. It makes me like feel sick to my stomach. Bright lights in restaurants can't, if I walk into a restaurant and there's bright lights there, like if it's my choice, I probably will not stay. 
yeah, so you can tell that New York is is a challenge for <laughs> for me. But of course, like if my system is regulated and my nervous system is getting what it needs, I can handle it and it's all good. And it's just a little blip on the radar. But it was very interesting for me to read that because that actually really, really, really speaks to me. And then this last category really doesn't. So high excitability, the last category of the highly sensitive person is someone who is highly excited by meaning like kind of goes into overdrive by to do's uh, in their mental mind, mental processing, but also in internal cues like hunger or thirst. So this one I almost can't speak to as elaborately because I don't experience that personally, but from what I've read, it's the internal processing then that brings somebody into a sense of feeling overwhelmed or hyper excited that the, that the hunger, I guess this is like the definition of somebody who would have extreme hanger issues. You know, if you're like extremely hangry, then maybe that's like an aspect here of being a highly sensitive person and just experiencing that kind of hunger on a level that is a little above the rest of us. Whereas I feel like I'm quite the opposite. I can kind of just forget about it and power on. And everyone's like, we haven't eaten lunch yet. And I'm like, what? What? Oh, I was busy. So you know, it's anything that kind of gets you internally into overwhelm. And that could also be checklists and to-dos. And so I think something like ADD might even fall into this as well, like where you get overwhelmed by everything in the mental mind that needs doing or accomplishing and creates a shutdown. So highly sensitive people, they're so interesting and I love them so much. And the thing that I find the most interesting about the highly sensitive person as well is that it makes up 20% of the population. So it's actually not a super strange thing. If you think about it, like 20% is a lot of people. That's not a, that's not like a tiny, tiny sliver. But of course the world was set up for the 80%, right? Like we didn't create a world that was created by the 20% for the 20%. We live in a world, and I count myself here as a highly sensitive person, that is in living in the world that the 80% created. So our nervous systems are being attacked even more than everybody else's for, from the perspective that they are just highly sensitive. So the nervous system that the highly sensitive person has is going into overdrive more than the other 80% of the population. And yet it's the 20% of these people that are also the most set up for high intuition. And so I feel like we're living in a culture where we're losing out on a lot of this insight that the highly sensitive person can offer us. A lot of this ability to tune into the self in your intuition, but also out tuition, like other people, their emotions, their needs, their guidance that their own spirit is wanting to tell them. I believe any nervous system can process that energetic soup. Any nervous system can process and translate and the body can translate to help your conscious rational mind know what's up. However, the highly sensitive person will translate a little faster, a little more, but therefore also needs that nervous system calibration and regulation and for it all to run smoothly in there. Which leads us to how do we regulate? You know, how do we regulate? Well, there's infinite number of ways. I mean, I could honestly talk for decades about regulation. 
I teach it a lot. Now these days, I really see nervous system regulation as nearly 40% of the intuition work, maybe between 30 to 40%. Because I've come to realize that I cannot actually teach anyone intuition until I teach them how to regulate their nervous system. So when I teach intuition these days, I see half of that as I'm teaching focus and theory and structure and creating that structure for you. And then the other half as I'm teaching you flow and regulation and somatics. And that intuition can only exist within that space in between. So we have to have a nervous system that is accepting new information and flowing the information that got a little bit gunky out. And then also we want to create a structure so that we have set the parameters as to what we want the intuition to be about. We understand how the intuition speaks to us. We have guided and created structure and flow as to what we expect the intuition to do for us and how we go and find it. And so there's this constant dance, you know, there's this constant dance between we've set the structure and then we need to enter flow. And then we've set the structure again and we need to enter flow. And the intuition exists in between. You cannot think your way into more intuition. It's not possible. You have to enter flow as well. However, of course, you want to direct the intuition and you want it to be accessible as to what you're looking for. And so then you have to create that structure and the intuition will move back and forth to create that perfect happy medium. And that's where that's where we want you. So how do you create more nervous system regulation? Uh, Like I said, there's a million ways you can do breath work, you can do movement, you can do embodiment work, um, you can do meditation, but you can also do really, really, really simple exercises that we know without a doubt activate our sympathetic or parasympathetic that we know without a doubt activate our parasympathetic nervous system and override the sympathetic nervous system response. So the next time you feel yourself in that fight or flight, which will be tomorrow for me because I'm in New York City. (laughs) The next time you feel that you are in that sense of like, oh, nervous system is kind of getting activated here. There is a really simple thing you can do and it's called two to one breathing. All you got to do is exhale longer than you inhale and you can't think your way out of this. Your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest, your like relaxed state will have to be activated. By simply exhaling longer than you inhale, you activate the part of you that relaxes. And you can do that everywhere. You can do that on the subway. You can do it waiting in the carpool lane. You can do it at the grocery store. You can do it when you're on hold on a phone call or in a meeting that's stressful. Anywhere. And I truly believe that the more that we relax the nervous system, the more we change our baseline. So if you're somebody who just tends to be in that excitability stage or you know that you're a highly sensitive person, you're going to have to do this a little bit more often. And that's just the truth of it. I know it sucks. I'm right there with you guys. Like, ugh, it sucks to be a sensitive sometimes, but also your access to intuition is a little bigger and a little bit more profound and a little easier to access. Doesn't mean the other 80% can't access it. Just remember that. However, you do have access to it in an easier way. Your nervous system is just set up for it. So try that next time. Do the two to one breathing super easy to just implement into your life, super easy to do anywhere and everywhere. It's not a big 
thing that you have to like add, you know, to your daily practice, but it's going to create a baseline where you are entering a receptive state almost all the time so that you can allow that intuition to flow in and you can keep the energetic information from getting kind of bogged down in the nervous system from you getting a little bit too stressed and holding on to all of it. So it'll also release a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need to be carrying around anymore. So that was it for today's solo pod. If this is a person, like if you were listening to this and you were like, oh my God, that is my friend Becky, or that is my mom, or that is my sister, send them this podcast, you know, caring is sharing and sharing is caring, whatever it is, send it to them because I think this can really benefit people. You know, I met up with a friend who had never heard of this idea of sensitivity and he was telling me, he was like, no, you don't understand. Like, you don't understand. He's a new friend. He doesn't realize that I do this yet. He's like, you don't understand. When I see somebody, like, I will feel their emotions flirt. Like, that's weird. I was like, oh, my friend, my friend. <laughs> it's not that weird. <laughs> you just, you're a highly sensitive person. And uh, as he kept telling me these instances that he's experienced and, and you know, he works in tech. So um, this is, this is really like outside of what he's been exposed to. But it's, it's kind of blowing his mind. So, you know, I sent him a book about the highly sensitive person and he's like, oh my God, this is me. This is me. Like, this is, this is my life. And I think sometimes when we don't have a word for it, we don't have access to, to resources. It can be something where we just think we're weird. So if you have a highly sensitive person in your life and you think this information could be helpful for them, could start them to a life in which they just like accept these gifts and this deep intuition, then send them the podcast, do it right now, send it right now. That is the biggest gift that you could give somebody is to feel heard and understood and seen also by you because like what a gift to be seen for the incredible intuitive being and perceptive being and sensitive being that they are. It's no longer a bad word. It's an amazing word. And I think that we should celebrate it. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.